Well, hello everyone. This is Dr. Eileen and this is Medicine Walk. And I'm actually taping this on Wednesday. And uh, so hope the whatever it is that transpired worked as gently for you as possible. And it is interesting to watch as people, you know, kind of really get wrapped up in some very intense emotions. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about empathy and how it can kind of have a downside and how we can manage that downside a little bit more gently. So, um, so, well, that's my computer making noise. Anyway, um, so hi. I hope that it's a good week. I hope it's been a gentle week. And I hope that, just a second, I have to check and make sure that this is up. There we go. All right. Wait a minute. Okay, we're good. Because for Blog Talk Radio, I'm doing a separate audio of the, uh, of the YouTube video, so... If you want to listen to it, then you can go to Blog Talk Radio, uh, Healing House Radio with Dr. Eileen, or, you know, you get all of me here. So, anyway, um, I've been talking to a lot of people over the last couple of days, and, you know, mixed in with some fear and anxiety, and, and, and it just seems like, you know, there's a lot of people going through some really tough stuff. There's a lot of people going through, you know, the loss of, of a loved one. There's a lot of people going through... Um, some people have lost their jobs. And when you're sensitive to the emotions of others, it's very easy to get sucked into someone else's anger or someone else's fear. Because those are really among the strongest and most reactive emotions that someone can have. Those go to a primal level. Those go to core security and safety and feeling, you know, just feeling like you're going to be okay. And so when somebody is in fear or in anger, and um, there, there's been just a little bit of that kind of out there in the energetic field lately. So when you're dealing with the fact that you're sensitive to emotions, now empathy is feeling what somebody else feels as if it is your own feeling. And one of the things that can be very tricky in this is being able to separate what you feel and what belongs actually belongs to you versus what you're picking up from somebody else. And uh, recently um, I dealt with someone who was in a very stressful situation and their empathy actually just shut them off. You know, they weren't able to, to talk and express. And for some people, the reaction can be that profound. You don't know how to react. You go into, I mean, in a way, it's sort of a fight, flight, or freeze. And what it does is it will send people into freeze. And I've been, you know, well, I've been empathic my whole life. You know, I just didn't have a word for it when I was younger. And what I was told was that I was overly dramatic or overly sensitive or, um, or that I just wanted attention. And often people who grow up empathic, who don't understand the mechanism of it, that's what you're told, so that's what you believe about yourself. So it 
adds kind of an element of there's something wrong with me or I'm a bad person or I'm crazy because I can feel the feelings of other people. So um, you're not, uh, you're not, and you're not. It is a, empathy is a well-documented phenomena for some people. And, and, you know, there's kind of a scale for it. You can be tremendously empathic. I mean, to the point of where it's, it's just, disruptive almost to the point of telepathy or you can just sort of simply be affected by what other what it is that other people are feeling um, I use empathy as a diagnostic tool I in my work as a chiropractor in my work with communicating with people and in counseling I will decide if empathy is necessary because sometimes empathy is not necessary sympathy is more than enough but if empathy is necessary, if, if for some reason I need a little bit of extra information in order to help someone, then we take a look at, okay, do I need it at empathy level one or do I need it at empathy level 10? And understanding that empathy isn't just about feeling emotions, it's about transmitting, but we'll get into that. So the idea that we're picking up on things that are not from inside of us, they don't belong to us, but they've kind of hitched a ride onto our, our psyche and on our energetic field. So what do you do about it? Well, the first thing you do is recognize what is yours and what is not. And there's different ways to do this. Um, sometimes you can just kind of ask yourself or check in with yourself. For me, I close my eyes and I'll, I'll picture it like a, a line, you know, like one of those, you know, like an EKG type of thing. And it'll be going along flat. And I ask myself, does this belong to me? If, if a feeling comes in and if I get a little boop, then I know if there's any reaction, if there's any change to the frequency, I know whatever it is, is not mine. But that's how, that's how I was able to work with it. Different people have different ways. Now, deciding whether or not empathy is appropriate or if that's the tool you want to pull out of your toolkit, well, that can depend on your ability to be able to make that choice. Uh, I've worked with a lot of people who were empathic who couldn't figure out how to make that a matter of choice, that empathy was always on. And that can be really, really rough, especially during times that are very volatile or, or you know, if, if somebody thinks badly of you and you're empathic, that means there's two people thinking badly of you because you feel it as if it's your own feeling. So being able to recognize that something does not belong to you and being able to say, I do not choose to have this ability active right now. And you do have that choice, and there, there are ways to do that. Um, one of the ways that I often teach, which is one of the most basic ways, is to work with stones. And um, let's see, where is it? Uh, well, normally I have a stone around here. Anyway, hold on. Okay, sorry about that. Stone. 
and you know it could be it could be anything i like working with river stones because they have sort of an energetic of or their whole thing is about letting things blow past and go you know just like you know they constantly have water moving they don't cling to anything so you know a stone is very still but and especially if you're empathic if you hold on to it and make yourself very 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 quiet and you just breathe and then try feeling what the stone feels I mean, first feel the outside, feel what it feels like, feel what it, what it, you know, the, the, the physical experience of it, you know, how heavy does it feel? Does, you know, is it smooth? Is it rough? You know, what shape is it? And then once you have that, just kind of get very quiet and feel, and even if you have to pretend, pretend, what it would it be like to be this stone? What would I feel if I were this stone? And if you get very, very quiet and you just breathe, and then you sort of get a sense of stillness, quietness, of detachment. And I have people work with that and every single day, take your stone and get all connected to it and then pretend that you're it feel what it would be feel like to be that stone now what that does is after a while when something happens you you kind of create sort of a mental muscle memory of what that stone feels like what it feels like to be that stone and then if you're in a stressful situation or if you're in a situation where um where energy is just you know kind of getting away from you or, or it's very emotional Think to yourself, I am a stone. And then that stillness, you feel that stillness come over you. Empathy fades. It just kind of goes down. And you are just in that place of quiet, peace, no movement. And it's amazing how easily you can, you know, really get into that connected place with a stone to be able to embody that stillness. And when you can embody that stillness, your empathy will dial down as if it's on a dimmer switch and then click off. So that is like the most basic technique to practice. And, and I would encourage you to practice it. Um, find a stone that you resonate with, you know, maybe you collect stones and, you know, I mean, you know, it could be a big stone, it could be a small stone, but whatever it is, get one that you kind of feel sort of a kinship with or, or that feels good in your hand and just go into that quiet place with it. Like I said, even if you're just pretending, pretend that you are the stone and after a while, your mind, your spirit, your body, your, 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 and your empathy will be able to go into that state anytime you want, which means that you are no longer subject to what's going on around you because everything is flowing past. You're not attaching to anything and nothing is attaching to you. So great practice. So 
you know, as we look at situations where, you know, someone is, is, you know, really agitated around you and you feel yourself getting sucked into that, first off, decide whether or not it's any of your business. And don't make it your business if it's not. Don't decide that you personally need to handle this, that you personally need to fix this person because it's, you know, we don't fix other people. The most you can do is maybe allow them an opportunity to see a different way, to see a new possibility. But if they don't want to see that, there's nothing you can do to make them. So don't try. You know, it's, it's, you know, there was an old TV show and one of the characters said, minding my own business is a full-time job. And in my spare time, it's my hobby. And that is actually a very good mantra for people who are empathic. Because that empath in you, you know, I, I've talked before about like the counsel in your head and it's your anger and your love and your highest self and your lowest self and all of that. And your empathy has a seat at that table and your empathy wants to be empathic. It wants that, that stimulation. It wants to connect energetically, but it's not always the best idea. It's not always really what you need. It's not necessarily what serves you. And it's definitely not necessarily what serves that person. So, um, consider really what it is that you want to accomplish. And what is it that is your business to accomplish? Because, you know, you could go barreling in and saying, well, this person needs my help and I'm going to help them. And they may not want it and they may not be ready for that yet. So don't allow the, that little empath voice inside of you that says, no, we have to connect. We have to get involved. Not necessarily. Sometimes it's absolutely fine just to be sympathetic. You don't have to be empathetic. And when you're dealing with people who have a lot of anger, especially over things that are happening, you know, maybe it's, it's a political issue. Maybe it's a, a economic issue. Maybe it's a social injustice issue. And the cause could be tremendously just, and it could be a cause that you firmly believe in. And things are resolved when we can go at them from a rational point of view, when we can engage that left brain, the analytical side, you know, we can't solve problems or we rarely, very rarely can solve problems from a state of emotion. We've got to bring in some of the analysis. We've got to bring in the problem solving. So when you take a look at how you're relating to someone, if you're just, you know, in that anger place with them, nothing's going to get resolved. Now you can vent. If you want to use that as a venting opportunity, knock yourself out. Let yourself vent. Go for it. And don't think that you're in problem-solving mode. You're in releasing energy mode. And that's okay. And maybe that other person needs to release some energy. That doesn't mean you have to go there with them. If you've got somebody who just needs to vent and let stuff out, you come from a place of balance because that gives them a safe place to do that. Don't go with them on it. 
because you're not helping. You know, you help by allowing somebody to get something, get enough steam out so that they can take a breath and say, okay, what is it that you want from this? What about this can you influence? Can you control? And what are the things that you can't? What are the things that need to just be accepted? So we can really be very helpful in helping someone to find their balance point, but we can't do it if we're experiencing the exact same thing that they are. It goes back to that old saying about the most dangerous thing someone can do is try to save a drowning person because that person will pull them under. And it's very easy to get energetically and empathically and emotionally pulled under by someone experiencing an intense emotion if you don't have your balance point set. If, if you get triggered, then you can't help somebody else. Then it's just two people drowning. So take a look at what it is that you want to accomplish. Always consider in everything you do, what is the outcome that I would like from this? And how is it that I can most easily get that? How can I create that for myself? Or how can I help somebody else create it for themselves? And it could be that, you know, maybe something happens and, you know, maybe you're the one who's upset. Maybe you're the one who's having trouble finding balance and grounding. And, you know, somebody else, and, and you can almost pick the empaths out. Because first off, an empath who is just sort of caught up in it will actively find someone who can trigger that sort of stuff, who can trigger that reaction, or they will abjectly avoid it. You know, I know empaths who will not go near a hospital or say they cannot go near a hospital or any sad things and they never go to funerals because they cannot help but get sucked in. And then, you know, and then they don't know how to find their way out. So the idea is that as an empath, if you're going to work with somebody on an empathic level, not only do you need to know how to go in in a controlled way, you need to be able to find your way back out again when it's done. And it's sort of, I compare it to going to a barbecue wearing white. The trick is, don't get any on you. And that can be hard. That can be very difficult. Because sometimes people want you in that emotional state with them, because then that means that it validates them somehow. So as you take a look at what your interactions are with people, how often do you find yourself, you know, they're wound up and you're wound up, then they feel better and they wander up feeling better and you're still stuck there wound up. And, you know, that's, once again, that's where working with stones can really be a huge, huge help because, you know, the, the stone is not going to hold on to stuff. The stone is not going to say, you know, oh my gosh, you know, what happened yesterday? What happened the day before? And, you know, I feel so bad for this person. Stones don't feel bad for anybody. They're just still because they understand that things happen. And the trick is to just let stuff flow. Let it flow past you. And that's the greatest gift that they can teach is to allow things to just flow by. And I find that, you know, sometimes if somebody is is coming to me and they're having a real difficult time, I go find them a stone. And it's like, okay, I want you to sit and just hold this while you talk. 
and I can actually see them unconsciously kind of going in and, you know, and they're like moving it around in their hand and they're holding it. And then all of a sudden, though, they start to calm down. They start to find their ground. They start to, they start to settle. And because on an instinctive energetic level, they're connecting with that, with the flow of the river, they're connecting with that stone and it's teaching them, let go and be still. And if you can do those two things, you know, it's, it's amazing how quickly we can become settled, how quickly we can detach, how quickly we can decide that someone's, someone else's story isn't necessarily ours. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that it should be. It allows us to go into that objective place, to look at something from, you know, the big picture as opposed to tunnel vision. So, you know, figure out what works for you. Maybe a stone works for you. Maybe just breathing exercises. You know, there's breathing techniques that people do. You know, you breathe in for a count of four and then exhale for a count of eight. And you do that a few times. And often, if you're feeling stressed out and you do that like at least three times, like three to five times, you feel that sense of quiet coming over you. You know, breathe in. I mean, whether it's for four or whatever, just the point is, is that you breathe in and then you exhale for a count twice as long. And it relaxes the mind. It relaxes the body. It takes you into the eye of the storm as opposed to being stuck in the storm. So, you know, that's another way that can calm down empathy. You know, empathy is an amazing thing. I... I, like I said, I use it every single day. And whether I'm working with somebody on an energetic level, a, a counseling, spiritual counseling level, or even as a chiropractor, the ability to engage what it is that I need to engage, what are the tools that I need to get to the goal I want. If I need to figure out somebody, you know, where somebody's pain mechanisms are, and it's interesting because often people will, you know, I'll, I'll kind of go and, you know, because their body is, is experiencing that energy, I can utilize empathy to be able to find the spot where the problem is starting. And I'll put my finger somewhere and I go, okay, right there. And they'll go, oh my God, how did you know? That's it. That's the spot. Because see, the body also holds emotion in different parts of the body. You know, it's, I, I've been doing body work on people and anybody who does body work, you know, has probably experienced that you might be working on something and it'll reach like, you know, a part of the leg or a part of the arm. And all of a sudden the person has a memory come up or they may start crying. So the idea that our body holds emotional memory, which means that that can be used on an empathetic level to help figure out where the body is out of alignment or where the body is not in balance. And, you know, and sometimes I need to shut the empathy off because if I'm working on somebody and they're going through a, like a really tough emotional time, my empathy wants to go there with them. My empathy wants to feel what they're feeling as if I'm feeling it. 
and that is not productive if I'm working on them, if I'm trying to help them, I can't go there. So we find a way, we, we figure out a way, okay, you know, we have to find balance and be able to detach enough to where I can be objective enough to be able to help them. Because otherwise, I'm just the, you know, person saving the drowning person who gets pulled under. Now, empathy can be transmitted. It's not just about receiving. And that is, well, there's a whole lot of, of possibilities, you know, in everything from light to shadow. Because what you do is that you project into someone a feeling that they will feel as if it is their own feeling. And this is a very tricky area to go into. And that is not something that I teach. You know, I, I won't teach that. At least not unless I've known that student for quite a while and, and you know, it's like, oh, okay, this is this is all right. In general, I prefer not to. It is something that can be done that I can do, but I, I choose not to. Because unless there's a situation where it's very important for me to, you know, there's like an immediate threat where I need someone to be able to focus on me and, and trust me, you know, if I'm saying, hey, you know, come over here or whatever. I remember when I was younger, and we there's a group of us and we went on a, a hike out in in the hills somewhere and there was a rattlesnake and um two of my friends were walking and the rattlesnake coils up and they were about like maybe 10 feet from it so i mean it it would have been difficult for it to get them on a first strike but you know it it could have gotten closer so they stopped and they panicked and they wouldn't move. And so I moved myself in front of them. So I was between them and the snake. And the idea was that it's like, okay, snake, we're no threat to you. You don't want to strike. And then getting my friends to listen to me, to move past their paralysis, their, their you know, fight, flight, or freeze, they froze. So I had to kind of push them to go, focus on me, go, you're, you're, you're okay, you're safe, go. Well, they believed it. They were able to believe it enough to move into that place of going, oh, okay, you know, so, and I, and I saw them, you know, kind of snap out of it and they went, but I stayed between them because I knew that, you know, and it wasn't even something I consciously knew. I just kind of instinctively knew that there was, I just had absolute no doubt that that snake would not strike me. And, it, you know, it's like when I moved in between them, it stayed coiled, but it stopped rattling. So the idea that, you know, there's a lot in nature that deals on an empathetic level. You know, animals deal very much on an empathetic level. So what we want to do is we want to develop that ability to have it be as neutral as possible. But if you need to project, you know, yeah, you know, there's technically it is possible. But just be very, very, very careful about that because it's very easy to step into manipulation. 
and and I know that none of you want to go there. So, you know, just play with it, work with it, experiment with it, and be careful with it. You know, it is a very powerful tool. And it can be very productive, it can be very healing, and it can also, you know, go into a very bad place. Because there's, a, you know, famous people who convince people to do horrible things. These people are very strong empaths. And they can put, project their, you know, their frame of mind and their emotions into somebody else. But for the most part, it's just a matter of a way to be there for people, a way to help calm a situation, a way for people to feel safe with you. So you just need to be able to know when to turn it on and when to turn it off. It can either be a switch or more often a dimmer. But either way, you can be able to um, manage your empathy so you can be okay and then you can help others to be okay as well. So, you know, work with it. Find a stone to work with. You know, they're very cool river stones. You can get them almost anywhere. And you may find that one kind of talks to you or, you know, you feel a certain resonance with it. If you find one, pick that one. And then just sit with it. Match that stillness. Feel what that feels like. And then, after a while, you can get it anytime you want. So if you need more help with that, then you can contact me at, you know, the links that I have. Uh, you can uh, check out our Facebook group, Medicine Walk with Dr. Eileen. Uh, I'm on Twitter. And I, you can also leave me comments on this video if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. So, thank you for joining me. And for those of you who are listening in on Blog Talk Radio, if you would like to experience, you know, to see me, then please visit the YouTube channel. So, thank you. And, as always, I wish you balance and I wish you blessings from my heart to yours. Love you. Bye.